I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Cultivating a Lifestyle of Generosity Part 5 The Gift of Our Authentic Self to Others We are living in the age of the highly curated image. Filters enhance our social media pics. Instagram, the global au courant public photo album, is filled with influencer shots of indulgences involving luxury locations and props with beautiful people in the background. Maybe you are sick of slick, skeptical of being marketed to death by over-merchandised outings too over-the-top to be believed. There is a remedy. The most refreshing antidotes to such trends available to you and anyone else wishing to combat such curation involves, wait for it, being yourself. It means showing up without your mask. It means being vulnerable about your struggles. Such authenticity prioritizes reality over fantasy and trust and will triumph over uncertainty and skepticism when we embrace it. But in God's economy, it doesn't involve foisting what you want to be onto others. It involves being authentic and available, engaged in genuine relationship. Paul understood about the godly motives that should frame our conversation. In Philippians 2.3, he tells us not to act out of selfish ambition or to be conceited. Instead, we are to think humbly of ourselves and not think that we are better than others. That means we should try less to impress and more to relate and be relatable. Being relatable doesn't mean trying to put forth an image of being perfect, of never making a mistake, or saying or doing the wrong thing. It means bearing one another's burdens in love, as Paul writes in Galatians 6.1. If we are to truly love one another, as Jesus commands in John 15.12, we must know one another. And to do that, we all need to be vulnerable and honest. In order for people to do that, they must share their authentic selves, their struggles, their greatest hopes and dreams, and even fears. Sometimes Christians get tripped up in their friendships because they feel they must keep up an appearance of infallibility. They don't share their true struggles out of the fear of being judged or found out. But this practice is actually more harmful in the Christian walk than it is beneficial. We don't need to dwell on our sins or mistakes, but if we confess to one another about areas in which we struggle, others are more likely to do the same. Our pride may take a hit, but if another Christian is encouraged to confide, confess, and strive to lead a more holy and blameless life, your sacrifice will have been worth it. I remember when the rubber met the road for me regarding this kind of vulnerability. I faced a considerable challenge in my life a few years back. It threatened to derail me spiritually, relationally, and psychologically. For a while, I soldiered alone in my struggle until one day I had an epiphany. I began to share my story with a trusted few, and then I opened up to a larger audience of confidants. Finally, I shared it with thousands of people. I'm not saying it's been fun or easy, but I will say that hundreds have been blessed by this honesty and have brought their own struggles out of the closets and out of the secrecy in which they were kept. And those are just the people I know about. My question for you today is, where are you struggling? Are you willing to offer the gift of your hard truths to a struggling friend? Are you willing to listen and lend 
an ear to someone who's going out on a limb to be authentic with you. We know that when we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, as Paul suggests in Romans 12.1, we simply give back the life that God redeemed for us in the first place. This sacrifice, Paul reminds us, is our spiritual worship. By doing so, we honor our kinsman redeemer, who gave his own precious life as a ransom for many. Join me as we partner with God to generously give of ourselves to others as we band together to encourage one another in the challenging circumstances we face this side of eternity. I'd like to share an excerpt from my book, The Side Door, my first book in my Door Devotion Trilogy, and this entry is entitled, Love for Our Friends. I remember being in junior high and signing yearbooks with the acronym LYLAS. Translated, this tagline meant, Love You Like a Sister. The tagline was implemented with little discretion. After all, we were just goofy teenagers. The girlfriends I have in my life now, whom I love like sisters, mean far more to me than any L-Y-L-A-S scribble could communicate. After my son began to display his autistic behaviors, it became easy for me to see who my real friends were going to be. The revelations were truly surprising. The church we'd been attending for more than 10 years suddenly did not welcome our family anymore. The invitations for dinner at other people's houses began to diminish. During a period in my life when I needed more help and more genuine love and concern, I found myself receiving less. Fortunately, two important things happened in my life that changed its course and healed my isolation. The first was the introduction of a new faith community into our lives. We joined a church with a growing ministry For developmentally disabled kids, our son was welcome and loved. And as parents, we were supported by a life group of caring adults and friends. I became closely intertwined with an interdenominational Bible study where women truly entered into my pain, encouraged me, and loved me in ways that bring me to tears even today as I record this. The second way God delivered me from my isolation and retrieved me from my pity party is by introducing me to a book called The Power of a Positive Friend. Authors Carol Ladd and Terry Ann Kelly share practical principles on how to be a friend and truly nurture friendship on a deeply divine level. The wisdom it contained enabled me to enrich the friendships I already enjoyed and cultivate new and lasting ones while becoming the friend I wanted to have for myself. In reading this book and working on my own friendship skills, I was able to transform myself by the renewing of my mind, as we read in Romans 12.2. Over time, God answered my prayer, and in it, He changed my heart and my attitude. Instead of moping around with a woe-is-me attitude, I began to invest in people who were already my friends in the deep and meaningful way I wanted them to invest in me. I also identified acquaintances I already knew and worked steadily with sincere effort to deepen those relationships with genuine affection and encouragement. Today, as a result of this book, my efforts, and God's answers to my prayers, I now enjoy a cornucopia of meaningful relationships and consider myself blessed with many friends. And I believe I, too, am a blessing to others because of it. And the keys to kingdom living are, when we love others and encourage and invest in them, we live out Proverbs 11.25. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And the doorpost is, love one another deeply from the heart, 
1 Peter 1.22. Direct, prevent, and assist in the mind-to-heart distance from wreaking havoc in our spiritual journeys. And the keys to kingdom living are, keep your mind and heart God-focused as you cling to Him and give glory to God in your devotion and by example to others. And the doorpost is, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.